You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. We are down to our fifth installment of our series called Even in the Impossible. We're going to talk about anxiety and peace. One way you can agree that anxiety is a normal human condition. Maybe this one for the men. Palot ka? Nakagipakita sa barbiro? barbiro mudo kayo? It can cause anxiety. And maybe for some of us students, it would be our tuition fees, it would be our exams, or maybe our promissory notes. And then I promise to pay in March. You can probably buy it in March. Kindly open it up in Luke 8, verse 22. And it says here, one day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. He has said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water? And they obey him. This is the word of the Lord. And I was thinking, how can I establish this topic right now? Because anxiety has somehow, they're interrelated or interconnected with the word hope. If there's anxiety, then what you want to have is hope as well, right? Um, if you've passed by the boulevard, one of the things that you get to see sa pantawan ka na sa boulevard is sometimes na magtambay ng mga barko, di ba? Magtambay ng mga barko. And there's such thing we call an anchor, a piece of metal attached to a ship. What the anchor does is that it keeps the vessel from drifting away. And as we talk about anxiety and peace, I believe that anxiety and peace is hinged and lie upon the anchor of our hope. As we talk about anxiety, as we discuss about those anxieties, those uncertainties in life, one thing that we need to understand is who is our anchor or where we should anchor our hope upon. The same way with the boat, no matter how big, sophisticated your boat is, Without an anchor, it will drift away. That's the importance of an anchor. Without a solid anchor, without a strong anchor, it will drift away. And that's why it says there in Hebrews 6 verse 19, what we need is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. And it continues right there. Who is that anchor? Our forerunner, Jesus Christ. So why start with that one? Because we need to have a firm and secure anchor that holds us in turbulent winds and churning tides. And I believe that the text we have today discloses something so significant about the anchor of our hope, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to establish that one right now. Talk about anchor or hope. We're going to talk about Jesus. Probably one of the problem of our Christianity today is that there is lots of misconception about Jesus. Can you agree? We live in an information age and in TikTok and Instagram and even in Facebook and blogs, there's lots of opinions about Jesus. People say lots of things about Jesus. Jesus in pop culture, we get to see this one in Facebook. scroll mo, picture. one like, one share, then Satan or si Jesus. It's as if si Jesus and si Satan kay dua kontra sa kalibutan. Have you ever encountered that one? Or maybe for some of us, we get to see Jesus as harmless, meek and mild. Ang placemat sa una, inyong ana-anaon, then ay duwa ka book picture mo gawas. Wala tani, di ba? We have lots of misconception about Jesus. Maybe for some of us, makita natin is TikTok, Jesus is a hippie. Dagan kayo ana, di ba? Hopefully, I don't sound sacrilegious right now, but this is what we see in the internet. Sometimes you get to see when Kobe died, unsay gibuat sa mga tao, Kobe and Jesus, parang gadbulag basketball. 
Jesus doing the crossover, Kobe was guarding. We have a lot of misconception about Jesus right now. And that's why right now, whenever we think about Jesus, Jesus is so small. Jesus is just parang, we use that one in our language. Ah, Jesus. We, we see that one in Hollywood, Jesus Christ. So somehow, whenever we think about Jesus, kasi babad kayo ta, there is no weight on it anymore. And that's what I'm going to talk right now. Because I believe if we're going to encounter the real Jesus, the biblical Jesus, it will change our perspective about things. And we will have a better hope in our anxiety knowing that the hope that we have is solid and firm. It says here in Luke 8 verse 24, He awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was calm. And MSG version, it says there, Getting to his feet, he told the wind, Silence! And the waves quiet down. They did it. And look the next passage. The lake became smooth as glass. If you're going to study this passage, you get to see that the Greek word used for windstorm right there is lipas. Why is that significant? Because it basically teaches us that that windstorm is actually a hurricane. Now, why is that significant? Why is that important? If you're going to study the lake that they are in, the Sea of Galilee, because of its topography, because of its structures, a mountain, and a lake, it's scientifically proven that tungod ana sigijog na thunderstorm sigijog na hurricane sigijog na storm there are some news that you can see about that now another thing that we get to see in here is that the people that are with Jesus are experienced fishermen and probably since they are fishermen then they have experienced storm before ipanilitan mangingisda ka then if there is a person who should be proficient or should be kanang anad na kayo og maybe storm would probably, the fishermen, it would not be the carpenter, diba? Jesus was a carpenter. And the people with him were the fishermen. But look what happened. It was actually the fishermen that were afraid. It was the fishermen that were afraid. So this demonstrates to us the intensity of the storm. Are you following? This demonstrates to us the intensity of the storm. Then that basically tells you that probably this storm is talig-sik. I don't mean to exaggerate, probably we're talking about Odette or Yolanda kind of thing. So, when Jesus said, be quiet, be still, I love how in Mark describes it, He said to the storm, shut up. He said to the storm, shut up. And what happens is that there was no ripples, there was no swelling. In fact, it became smooth as a glass. Now, what do we have in here? Jesus is Lord over the storm. Jesus is Lord over the storm. What does this demonstrate to us? The Jesus, whom we have a very small view about in that specific passage, demonstrated the reality of His power, the magnitude of His power, and the divinity of His power. Two observations that we got from that one is this one. Before Christ calmed the storm, they were afraid. You get to see that one in the passage, right? Jesus was sleeping. What were the disciples doing? Master, Master, wake up kasi drowning ta. And then, paradoxically, what happened is that after Jesus calmed the storm, what happened afterwards? They were terrified. We were at the Pitan last week. Montenegro. If mawala ang balod, malipay ka. But here, we get to see it's different. Mawala ang balod, all the more sila naging terrified. What do we have in here? Just two observations. At first one, the reason when Jesus calmed the storm, they were afraid. Why is that so? Because they were scared because of the storm's power. Because of sakadagko sa balod. Because of kusog sa hangin, because of kidlat, because of dalugdog. They were afraid of that one. They feel like they were drowning. But the second reason why after Jesus calmed the storm, they were terrified is because of this one. They realized they were in the presence of someone from another world. 
they realize that Jesus was on the boat with them is much more scarier than the storm that they are facing. I don't know, in our modern day and age right now, it's hard to comprehend the idea of miracles because it's not so often that we get to see na tornado there and then pahunungon, matunga ang dagat. So somehow, we don't have a good grasp on how to make sense of the miracles of Jesus. But just imagine this with me. Naka, in the middle of Odette, in the middle of Yolanda, and Bas was walking around the streets of Dumaguete and kakabante mo itong murag train gane. Na mga sindere, na yung spark dito. Kainom dumato, how scary it was. For most of us who have experienced it, it was very scary, isn't it? Just imagine I'm about to you and okay, I'm so bored right now. Shut up, and then everything will be okay. Just imagine if Munay may tabo sa imo. What would be your response? You will be terrified, right? And this is what we see in here. They were reminded of the old stories of the past. They were reminded of Psalm 29 verse 10. They were reminded that the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, and the Lord sits enthroned as King forever. They realized that the man on the boat with them was actually the creator of the heavens and the earth. He was the creator of the cosmos. We see that one in Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17. For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things. In Him all things hold together. This is the Jesus that we worship. This is the Jesus to come here to raise your hand. This is the Jesus that we worship. He was the one who created all things. He was together with God when God was creating the world. He was the one with God when God spoke into being. He was there with God. And it is through Him that all things hold together. I love how one pastor said this one. The Jesus we worship bears all encompassing power that every human heart can only take its next beat if Jesus makes it happen. If Jesus will cease to hold His power over our life, all of us will be dead. All of these things will cease away. All of us are contingent upon the power that Jesus bestows upon our universe. That's how gratitude we should have over Jesus. Our next breath will only be filled with air if Jesus chooses to hold together every molecule of air. I love what Abraham Kuyper said about this one. Every square inch on earth, there is no square here on earth that Jesus does not scream, mine. Everything that we see, all the cement, all those atoms, all the quartz and the energy, all of those things are Jesus and we forever be with Jesus. And there will come a time where Jesus will come back the second time to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him and that's you and me. This is the Jesus that we worship. And I don't know right now, maybe for some of us 21st century Christians, it's so hard to make sense of these things because apparently our view of religion, our view of Christianity is somehow influenced by rather than the Bible but rather by culture. And that's why it's hard to make sense that the Jesus that we worship is actually strong, firm, and someone that is so holy. Now let's talk about the disciples. And I believe that as we talk about disciples, we will also be talking about ourselves. Because I do believe that the disciples that we're talking about actually resembles who we are. Okay, let's talk about the disciples. In Luke 8 verse 24, it says there, And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Now, what do we have from this one? If you're going to read the entire passage from verse 6 down towards verse 8, you get to discover that before the storm, what were they doing? Jesus and the disciples were healing the sick. They were casting out demons. They were feeding the 5,000. Jesus was preaching in the synagogues and Jesus was preaching in the mountains. And what did they decide? They will go to the other side of the lake. Why is that so? To do ministry. 
Now, all of those things come together. What were they doing? They were serving God. They were faithfully volunteering in the service of God. And then what happened? Storms happened. Christians are not exempted from the storms of life. As a 24-year-old guy, how I wish Christianity would have been more easier. Our desire is for people to know more, for people to surrender their life to Christ. But this is just the reality of it, my friends. Christianity has a cost. And how I wish we could sugarcoat the message of the gospel to accommodate everyone. However, if we do so, we are not faithful to the gospel. And that's why, as what Pastor Archie says, if we're going to disciple this church the same way with how the Bible describes it, we will shrink. Because this is the cost of Christianity. Christianity are not exempted of the storms of life. Whether you are a volunteer, whether you are a faithful leader, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a bishop, however you are, all of us are going to encounter trials and troubles in life. It's just the reality. There's no way of escaping it. That's what we call life. Maybe for the disciples, this is what's on the back of their mind, isn't it? When the storm happened, perhaps that's their question. And maybe this is also our question. Lord, we've been serving you, God. Kita ka to, God. Parang tibok adlaw mi, God. Nami dito, baling inita ka yun. Nimao na gani kong anghit, dire. And then karon, nice storm, dire. Baing gutuman na gani, among gikaon dito, kayo kuhan lang. Mone, nice storm, dire. Pwad to mi dito speak as gani para mag-ministry. And then, here we are, storm, Lord. Perhaps that's your question in mind. And maybe that's also your question. God, I've been serving day in and day out. Why is this things happening to me? Isn't it? Let's talk about storm for a bit. If you are not experiencing storm, who among you will agree that there will come a time that you will? It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So all of us, what does storm does? And I believe in this one. What storm does is that storm in our midst reveals the condition of our creeds. Storm in our midst reveals the condition of our faith. It reveals the condition of our hearts. What storm does to us is that it exposes what's really going on in our hearts. I love what C.S. Lewis said about this one. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks to us in our conscience, but screams to us in our pain. It is God's megaphone to rouse this deaf and dying world. What storm does to our life is that it reveals the condition of our hearts. Storm could be God's providential disclosure to reveal the condition of our posture. Can we agree with this one? We are all broken, right? We are all broken. All of us have skeletons in the closet. We are all works in progress. All of us will encounter trials and troubles. We have issues of our own. And here's the thing about it, friends. We all can fake it in calm waters. Is it? We all can fake when everything is okay. When our bank account is okay, when our studies is okay, it's okay for us to praise God. That's our default, right? We can impress others with how together we seem to be when everything is okay. It's easy to raise our hand and proclaim Jesus as our Lord and Savior when everything is going fine. But how about when you're facing cancer? Would you still praise God? How about when you experience terrible loss? Would you still worship God? How about in the midst of depression? Would you still raise your hand and worship God? This is what storm does to us. It exposes the rottenness of our hearts. That's not a negative thing. That's actually a God's grace for you. God wants you to learn from that. God wants you to grow from that one. 
For us, the reason why you cannot be intimate with God is because you haven't been so honest with yourself. You haven't been so honest with yourself. You think you're just okay. You think you're just okay with God. Jim Lafoon said this one, access is a gift, intimacy is a choice. Intimacy is something that you look upon yourself. You ask yourself, am I really okay with God? And sometimes, because we don't do that one, that's why God brings a storm into our lives for us to be awakened in our slumber. And what a sad reality that it takes for us cancer. It takes for us a loss of a loved one for us to realize how much in need of God we are. What was the response of the disciples in this story? What did Jesus said after that one? In Luke 8 verse 25, Jesus said to them, and maybe this is Jesus' question to you, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Perhaps that's Jesus' question to you right now. This is not me questioning you. Perhaps that's what Jesus is actually questioning you. If you are here right now, you're experiencing trials and tribulations in your life, maybe that's what Jesus wants to ask of you. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? When you are in the storm, will you trust God that He is going to rescue you? This story that we started revealed to us, and here's an interesting thing about this one. You get to see, Jesus is wise, isn't it? probably he understands that there's going to be a storm incoming. So probably on the back of Jesus' mind, he already have a blueprint how these things will turn out. And probably the wisest thing that Jesus could have done is basically this. He knows that there's going to be a storm. Probably the most wisest thing that Jesus could have done is that since there's going to be a storm incoming, we're not going to continue on passing on to the other side of the lake. Why is that so? That's the most wisest thing to do, isn't it? But why did Jesus continue to go over side of the lake? And look at this one. He was sleeping. He knows there's going to be storm incoming and he was sleeping. That's crazy, isn't it? What do we have in here? God did not save them from the storm. God saved them in the storm. God did not save them from the storm. God wants for them to experience that storm. So that they will be awake to the reality that all this time they were trusting their own self. They don't really have faith on Jesus. They don't really know who Jesus even was. And it takes a storm for us to experience and for us to be awakened from that reality. God did not save them from the storm. God saved them in the storm. That's always been the pattern of the Bible. We see that one in Daniel. In Daniel, Mishael and Abednego was in the fiery furnace. God could have saved them before they were entered into the fiery furnace. But no, God put them into the fiery furnace and saved them in that one. That's to make a statement. Another question that we got to ask from this story, why was Jesus upset? Was Jesus upset because gipukaw siya? Was Jesus upset because naalimukawan siya? Was Jesus upset because Was Jesus like that? Why was Jesus upset? And what was the question of Jesus? Where is your faith? Jesus was not upset because there was a storm. Jesus was never upset as well because Why Jesus was upset? Because of their lack of faith. Here's the thing. They just witnessed how the Lord healed the sick, fed the 5,000, casted off demons, walked on water, turned water into wine. They were cheering Jesus. But by just one hit of storm, all of those memories vanished into thin air. Maybe this would be relevant to all of us. 
And this is exactly what Jesus is saying right here. I mean, kita ka giyunsan ako pag usob tong water into wine? Wala kita giyunsan ako pag butang tong supas abot sa inyo ha? Us ka barangay atong gifid? Wala mo kita ato? And now, here we are because of the storm. Now, ikaw, mupawa na ka? Makalimot na akin sa ko? And isn't that exactly who we are? Isn't that exactly nga ikita na sometimes? Maybe to illustrate this one, if you are a father, sometimes you do your outing, di ba? You have done everything for your child. You have given everything for your child. You have sacrificed for your child. Imagine, nagdula mo swimming pool. And then you're going to tell your son, Nak, ambak dere. Ako'y bala ni mo, ako'y salo ni mo. Imagine if imong anak mo, yung ganun, pawa ko'y salig ni mo, bala ka niya. And not in a joking manner. He really meant it. Just imagine as a father, how would you feel? He was there with his friends. Together, nasa na dito, I don't know, kids party siguro. And then ikaw, sila dito, ambak na yung papa niya raw. And then yung child, awa ko'y saligan na yung papa. Kasi glumsan pa niya ako, anak. How would you feel as a father? And this is exactly what Jesus is feeling right now. Friends, kita ka sa itong gibuat, kita ka sa tagikan. I mean, they just witnessed the transfiguration. They just witnessed what Jesus did. And then in the midst of the storm, all of those memories, all of those things that we, they did together vanished into thin air. Maybe some of us are like that us of the moment. We could not believe Jesus anymore because of the storm that we're having. Let's talk about storm for a bit. What's causing you anxiety? Maybe for some of us, we're in a state of isolation. We're in a state of trauma. We're in a state of difficulty. Maybe for some of us, we're in a state of depression. Fear and uncertainty because of how dark the situation seems. I don't know, perhaps that would be bill sa hospital. Maybe for some of us, that the incoming skwilahan sa itong mga anak, tuition fee. Maybe for some of us, we're facing a much more severe storm and that is cancer. Maybe for some of us, we're facing a much severe thing in life and that is depression, mental health. Maybe there's a sense of helplessness and loss of control and loneliness and crushing desolation. And maybe that's where you are right now. You are in the state of the dark night of the soul. You are in the state where you don't know what to do anymore. It feels like drowning. It feels like you want to vomit. All hope seems dark and bleak. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know somehow for us Christians, maybe at one point in our life, we've encountered this one, that us Christians, we should never feel this way. But let's just be honest. Even though we're Christians, sometimes we find ourselves in this position. And the psalmist is basically telling us, David is basically telling us, it's okay. If you are here right now, yes, you are a Christian even if you are experiencing depression. You are a Christian even if you feel being lonely. That's exactly what the Bible, just because you're feeling something doesn't disqualify you on being a Christian. Part of Christianity is to experience troubles in life. And maybe that's where you are right now. You are in this crushing desolation moment. You just don't know what to do. You just don't know where to get the money. You don't know where to anchor your hope upon. St. John of the Cross, I love how he said it. In the dark night of the soul, bright flows the river of God. In the darkest moments of our life, God's grace is sweetest. In your darkest moments, I just want to let you know this, my friends. Same way with the disciples. Same way with those people who are in the storms. And amidst of the storms, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. 
He has not abandoned you. He is there caring for you, watching over you, working things out for you. In fact, the very storms that He gives to us is actually meant for our own growth. The very fact that He gives a storm is for us to realize that any material things, no relationships, no identity can ever give us the satisfaction that we have, but only Him alone. And that's why we have to shake things a bit in order for us to realize that one. If you are here right now and you are in that moment, you are in that season right now, God is a rock. God is a fortress and God is your Savior. I love what Psalm 3 verse 3 says about this one. The Lord is our shield. And probably one of the best figurative language that I get to read in the Scriptures is this one. God is the lifter of your heads. Jesus understands that sometimes we as people, we can be cast down. And that's what Jesus wants to do with us. That's what Jesus do always with us. Every morning, He wants to lift our heads and I want you to focus on me because I will be the one who's going to rescue you from that situation. I'll be the one who's going to provide for that tuition fee. I'll be the one who's going to provide for that bill. This is what the psalmist laments over this. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Oh my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. Maybe that's the message that we need to have right now. As we talk about anxiety and peace, hope in God. Jesus is Lord over all. It's not so often that I get to see Pastor Tom cry. But in the prayer and fasting, he cried when he said this one. Bisag unsa kadako imong problema, mas dako imong ginoo. And maybe there's something that all of us just needs to hear right now. That's all of us needs to hear right now. I don't know what your problems are. I don't know how heavy it is. I don't know how unbearable it is. And I'm not talking about positive psychology in here. I'm talking about the God of the universe who rescued that. You know that one. Just look at your life three years ago. Just look at your life four years ago before you were a Christian. Just look at your life six years, six months ago before you were a Christian. Just look at the difference how God transformed you from glory to glory. How God has provided things for you. Look at you right now. How God has been so good in your life. I'm not here to encourage you. I'm here for you to acknowledge the truth that this is the God that we worship. He's the one who cares for us. He is there and He doesn't abandon us. God can turn your misery into ministry, your failures into testimony, your trials into triumphs, your mess into a message. God saved you back then. He will save you again this time. This is the God that we worship. Isaiah 41 verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. If you are here right now, you are downcast. Maybe this verse would minister to you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 40 verse 31, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and shall run and not be weary, shall walk and not faint. My friends, God sometimes allows pains, trials, suffering to happen to us so we be awake to the reality of our need for God. Why? Because we will never know God is all we need until we realize God is all we need.
behalf. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.